um, you should use a condom before you listen. The American dream is dead. John Lyle, L.A. Lloyd, and Drew Bennett, Beaver Kool-Aid. You know, this is, uh, it's nothing like uh, last episode of Beaver Kool-Aid when Drew related dropping his edible on the uh, floor at the uh, airport and then tracing his steps and finding again. But I did just eat a piece of bad cheese. Mm. Um, I get I get deli meat and cheese for my daughter. My kids, when they, you know, they're here every other weekend. I'm divorced, by the way. And thank you, all you ladies that listen to Beaver Kool-Aid for uh, trying to get close to me. I'll get back to you. But I, I appreciate all the concern. Um so I get these, you know, I get stuff from the deli for my daughter because that's what she eats. And then my son eats something completely different. So on Mondays, I always go to the bar with my friend, the great Louis J. Roney, one of the founders of the rock format on Kiss in San Antonio, along with Joe Anthony. And uh, so I have a narrow window when I get back. And then when we do the podcast, when we record the podcast. And so I, I knew I didn't have a I didn't have enough time to cook, so I grabbed some stuff from the uh, fridge, and it just happened to be some of the deli meat and then the cheese, and you know, and I just rolled up a big slice of cheese and stuck it in my mouth, and that's when I realized, oh no, I think this is expired. I think this is this is old. This is not good. So I, you know, I had finally found the package and looked at the date and yeah, I'm a couple of weeks out. Wow. Um, but I could taste it. So that's gone. Did you swallow it? Of course I did. But, um, it wasn't that, I mean, it was a green, but, uh, I lived the single life now. Once again, I've been living the single life for about four years and, uh, I throw out so much food because, um, I don't use that much. It's just me. I'm used to buying for a family and uh, this stuff goes bad all the time. And then I get pissed because I I love the when you buy something and it says, once opened, use within a week. Mm-hmm. But I have these other things like salsa. I don't need a big jar of salsa. I just want to throw some on a taco. But I open it, but there's nothing on there that tells me how long before it's funky? That's and, because salsa has a high acidic uh, content, so it's yeah. It's but you, to, I mean, I look sometimes. I get the uh, it looks like the Civil War being waged because <laughs> I got the blue and the gray on the rim, and um, then I know okay. Or sometimes it's just fuzz on it, and I and obviously then I know that um, yeah, chunk it. Wait a second, what kind of salsa are you buying down there in San Antonio? I mean, it sounds no, like I you're not know. buying True. fresh I mean, salsa. It's all overpriced. I just go and get something and it's they like, got that fresh uh, salsa at the HEB. You should grab that. That's good I, stuff. Well, I don't do that because I'm not going to use that much. And it's not going to have the preservatives in there. So you don't know what the open date is. That's the problem. It's not an expiration date. You don't know what the open date is because you don't have... Well, it's not just the open date. Once I open it, I wish something would tell me, uh, once open, use within... X amount of time. Right. Don't they like have used by dates? And I'm always picking up spices and I look and I smell. It's like, well, that smells like nothing. That's that's old. Or if I, you know, I find a date and if it's uh, over a year, I toss it. 
this thing, that thing. I just blow through all this stuff because, but so much of it, I don't know how good it is. And I, and I Google things and it kind of tells me, but, uh, you know, I'm not using much. Salsa's, salsa is a big one. I never go, I never blow through a jar of salsa. I mean, it's just a little bit because I'm just throwing some on a taco. Wait a second. I just have a question. Yeah. So okay. there's, there's use by dates, but man, I've never heard of an open date. What is that? Yeah, me either. I mean, like when you actually opened it. Once opened. But how do you remember that? No, no, because you, the thing is, is that, well, you, that's the whole idea. You don't unless you get a Sharpie and put it on there because once it's open and it's no longer sealed, then everything starts to change, right? But isn't that the same thing as a use-by date? No, because, well, a use-by date could be there whether it's opened or not. Could be a use-by date. And then you've got the sell-by date, which is <laughs> the latest that the grocery store can actually market it. <laughs> and the use-by date doesn't mean, I mean, the sell-by date doesn't mean that it's you know, rotten and awful at that point, because being a soon to be senior citizen mm. on a, I don't want to say that I have no income, so I can't say that I'm on a fixed income. Um, That's fixed. What I do a lot of times is we have, a, I have a Walmart just a same distance from here as the HEB. It's just like a couple of minutes away. So I go over, there's never anybody there. It's like an empty Walmart. And so I go by there and get the yellow tag meat. You know, like uh, use or freeze by, and it's like the next day. And I go through there, and some days it's good trolling. Other days it's just not a good yellow tag day. But I don't mind doing that because I know I get it, stick it in the freezer, and maybe save 50%. Seriously, that's like thrift shop for meads. It is like that for me. And you never know. I mean, I was over there the other day and dude was lo loading up on uh, on lamb shoulder. And uh, mm. it's like, well, I was considering that, but now you just took them all. But I did get a uh, pork loin, ro I'm not pork loin, but a pork shoulder roast, a butt for, for half off. So I just get that and stick it in the freezer. And I go, well, it's more, far more than I'll ever eat or my kids will eat or anything if we're all together, but it only costs me eight bucks. So I go like, oh, okay. Sounds like you need to uh, throw a barbecue for Drew and I to come visit you and we can do a beaver Kool-Aid down there while we're having a little pork, a no, little swine. No, because then again, now you know I get the yellow tag meat. <laughs> See, this right. is my point. I've, <laughs> I've done this for years, but now I really hit it hard. And my ex-wife once got sick on some short ribs that I'd gotten from <laughs> Sam's Club. <laughs> and it was like, uh, you know, they were marked down. And oh, she says, man. why do you get this funky yeah. ass meat? And I go, it's yeah. still, it's good. It's just that they, they can't <laughs> sell it. But it is like beef. <laughs> you know, if beef is pink, you know, yeah, maybe it was just freshly cut. But we all know that when you get aged beef, you know, it, it, it gets dark. Yeah, it does. And it's not ground beef. It's not been, it hasn't been, you know, it's just been cut. That's it. But anyhow, so after that, then I couldn't get, couldn't go thrift shopping for meat anymore. <laughs> but now that it's just me, 
I, I get this stuff all the time. And this Walmart, since nobody goes there, you can grab stuff all the time. Have you at your HEB in San Antonio? And this may just be the one in my neighborhood, but uh, you know how they always have the, uh, the the turkey breast or the chicken that they have, you know, ready to go. You can pick up, and they tell you when it was cooked. Now I've started to notice they have all of this shredded turkey and chicken. It's like, hey, you know, usually, and it's about a day you can use it. So I'm thinking, well, what are they doing? Are they taking the chicken back there to the deli counter? pulling it off and then throwing it in a plastic container, just one last ditch effort to get rid of that fucking chicken. Is that what it is? I don't know, man. It's gotta be. I used to say that that's what they did when chicken started getting towards the expiration. They get them, cut them up, throw a bunch of paprika on them and say, great for grilling. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's done. gotta be what it no is. I have no clue, but I, and I don't know what they do with all the stuff <laughs> that goes away because they don't do like Walmart where they, you know, they may give you a 25% off kind of thing. Yeah. That's as most as you can get. But in Walmart, you can look and the, and sometimes there's a yellow sticker on top of a yellow sticker. Oh, my God. So it's been marked down twice. <laughs> and those are the ones I really look for. So my kids, Friday night, got, um, they had hot wings. They love hot wings. And it's like they didn't know that daddy picked up, you know, like uh, three or four pounds of hot wings for $6. Yeah. That's like when you go to Nordstrom Rack in the shoe section, you know, it first has that red sticker, then it's yellow, then it's purple. Then eventually it only costs about three bucks for a, you know, a pair of Air Jordans or something, man. It's the same thing, you know, because it's like a size 14, but uh, somebody eventually is going to buy it. Yeah, but they're like. They're like turquoise and they got, you know, some web shit on the side. Well, this meat's the same way. Who knows what that fucking sauce has got in it, man? And the little wheelies don't work anymore? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) See, I will never, I'm the kind of guy, I was talking to my friend last week and he said, and I said, Murphy, you know, when you have a house, you know this, everybody knows this, Murphy is always waiting. Because just when you think things are fine, then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, it's hot in here and your AC's out. Yeah. There's a leak or there's this or that, whatever. But I said, I can deal because once again, I'm, you know, an older guy, not on a fixed income. I'm an older guy on no income. And um, I'm, you know, I, 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 I there's always going to be something that's kind of kind of float in and mess with me. Right. Where I'm going to get bent over and uh, I didn't see it coming. Oh, yeah. Like your transmission but, but or something. His thing was, as long as there's no comma. And I said, you're right. When I see the amount, if there's no comma, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> but that comma, when there's a comma in there, yeah, panic. So, so I, I always think that, and this has always been my mentality, because I, you know, was once a starving disc jockey that, you know, making not making, I think my first full-time job, I was making $600 a month working 60 hours a week. Wow. Um, but what I always say a dollar here, four bucks there, three here, whatever. And then it adds up until I go to the bar and then just blow it all on, you know, <laughs> couple hours of drinking but so that's the reason why i take my chance with rotten food because i think 
it's not rotten produce, but I'm thinking this protein is still okay. It's still all right. It's just because the regulations, the store can't continue to sell it. So when people, if you're talking about having a barbecue, people come over and see a bunch of uh, yellow tag. Imagine if I had a chick over here. <laughs> yeah, I'll cook for you. But she's hanging out in the kitchen, and I break out my package of whatever, yeah. and it's got a couple of yellow tags on it. <laughs> that is not going to get you laid, my friend. He is turns it over, work? and half of it's red, and the other half of it's brown. Right. And I say, look, you know, the same thing. I mean, you know, live on the wild, walk on the wild side, live on the wild side. I'll pull your hair back if you throw up. <laughs> hold a your whole hair. new reason to holding that there hair, man. <laughs> at this point, at this point in my life, I should sprinkle all that red crap all over me, you yeah. know, and just say, "Good for thrilling." And it's, you know, it's like at the, I'm kind of the end of my shelf life too. Well, if she sticks an apple in your mouth, man, you know, you're ready to go. I had that happen once. <laughs> that was on a, that was in a, on a school bus. I told you guys this before and Lloyd knows this because he's from North Carolina. When I grew up, high school kids drove the buses. Yes. I drove one myself. And you tell that to people in Texas and they look at you like, what? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They said, we're going to entrust our kids to somebody who's been driving for a year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've been driving <laughs> less than a year. A bus. So yeah. I was once on a school bus, and I think it was my sophomore year in high school, and these guys didn't like me because I talked too much. Imagine already on this podcast. And um, <laughs> they tied me up, they trust me, and they stuck a freaking apple in my mouth. And that's how I went to school. Now you get it. Now that's a lawsuit. It used to be, that's called, you know. That's a scene in Deliverance. I'll seek revenge. <laughs> but that's what, you know, things were wild then. You could do stuff like that. I could just picture Ned and his tidy whities squealing like a pig. Like, <laughs> Ned, Ned Beatty. John and Ned Beatty. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't stripped down. I was still, you know, but I was trussed with the apple in my mouth that I couldn't remove. Well, let me ask you, John. What about this uh, this this baboon who escaped at the uh, the airport over there in San Antonio today? Is it, I don't it, know anything about this. I got a text message from a woman, and she said something about the uh, baboon thing, and I didn't understand what the hell she was talking about because. I don't watch the news and I don't listen to the local radio. And uh, I got a little piece of the story and they're calling it. And I know I'm going to massacre this, but it's a rhesus macaque. That's, I guess, the correct name of this primate. You've reached for your what? Rhesus macaque. I've sat next to a couple of those on a few flights. I'll spell no, it for you. R-H-E-S-U-S. Maybe it's rhesus. And then it's M A C A Q U E. Rhesus, but Rhesus macaque. Yeah, that's it. Because I got this text message from this woman, and she said, "Are you housing the baboon?" <laughs> it said, "Okay, get real. Are you housing the baboon?" And I thought, "Is this some kind of slang for yeah. that I don't understand?" Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, supposedly it was on its way to the world's largest sanctuary in Dilly, Texas. Dilly. The biggest uh, primate sanctuary in North America. 
So and, I didn't know about that. And uh, it was on its way there. And obviously they say, you know, wild animals traveling in jets freak out and had a chance to get out of the cage and had at it, took off. Wait a second. This was at the airport? It wasn't on a plane. It was on a plane in a cage, but somehow broke free. And then got While off the, the plane? It was, a, it was like cargo being transported off the plane. And uh, somehow when it got to the baggage handling area, it fucking took off. Can you imagine what people... <laughs> well, you know how long it takes to get an Uber at those places. <laughs> I know. It, it probably went that way. I'm just... I didn't know this thing existed in... Uh, <laughs> In Dilly, you know, I've got a um, primate sanctuary not far from where I live now, but the house I had previously was on perched on a hill. And when I first moved in there, I was out in the morning, and you know how, depending on the atmosphere, how sound travels. Yeah, and it's like I'm hearing monkeys. Now you got to imagine, man, you're in the Texas Hill Country. You don't think you're going to walk out in the morning and hear monkeys and that's when i finally tracked it down and realized that uh that uh there's this you know this primate sanctuary not all that far away Mm. it's just a weird thing when you go i i hear monkeys did you yeah, go spank it? I don't know that I would. Story right here. I'm not sure if I lived close to a monkey sanctuary. I think that would be a little unnerving. And it's actually Catula, and um, it has been captured. He was flying in from Chicago. Right. I did get that part. <laughs> At a gig. <laughs> so it's uh, it's Catula. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, is it Dilly or is it Catula? Are they two different? T- I don't know either one of these places. Yeah, they're on uh, they're on thirty five Interstate thirty five. How have I never seen this between? Because you never went to Boystown in Nuevo Laredo. Oh, it's south. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's south of San Antonio. Got you, got you. Okay, and I know you, man. You're an Austin guy. Even yeah. when you were here, it's like you're always heading up that. You way. You got to go that way. Yeah, Catula. Well, I'm glad that Reese's macaque is uh, on his way to his home. And uh, that's good. That's good. So you just like that because you like you just like saying that. Reese's macaque. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, and that could be your new uh, radio name. It could be Reese's. I mean, no macaque in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, why not? You're the you're the guy. Might have to use that for CJ Morgan or something. Hey man, I've got you a new name when you're on with Dudley and Bob. Your name is Macaque, as in Macaque in the morning. CJ tonight. Um, you know he's the creative guy on. The uh, air. we just had our annual review today, and I didn't hear much of his show tonight. Was it good or bad? Well, I, you know, I mean, here's the deal with with CJ. He he he's a creative guy. Yeah, he and, is, and and. You know what, what most people disrespect about the radio business? You know, they, they talk about, you know, TV being a volume business. Yeah. You know, you got a show that you got to do every day. Most days. Well, those guys take a lot of vacations, just like we do. But, you know, radio, you got to get on and you got you to gotta do it every day. And and uh, you're not going to be great every day. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about today or yesterday for him or whatever. I'm just saying generally. When you when you do that kind of a show, it's tough, you know, to to go in and do it every day. But this guy, 
he's creative. You know, he goes in every day and he's got some kind of weird, I'll tell you what I respect about him is that he's just got this like stream of creativity that he, that he draws from. Well, on top of all the stuff he does on the air, he does, you know, a couple of pretty high produced videos every week. I mean, he just produced one of his dog that supposedly got into his bag of mushrooms and then he does all these special effects where the dog starts tripping. And I'm just like, man, this is fucking who i mean where did you get that from you know maybe first he was of even, all you guys are going way inside for me who is this cat where he's my night jock at klbj okay yeah sorry i don't i don't know right I, right once again you're down in san antonio with the baboons right here in my heart man. <laughs> the people that use beaver kool-aid all right well, it's an Austin-San Antonio kind of thing, you know. We're trying. So you're to, you know. telling me this this night jock at KLBJ, <clears throat> excuse me, had a little macaque there. Um, he <laughs> he is, <laughs> and so that's good. That that used to be my domain. You know, I like that. I right. like to hear that. Me that's too. that I mean, used not, to be where guy, yeah. you bred your next morning show guy. Right. It yeah. wasn't in the afternoon. Those guys were like golfers, but. Um, it was the night guy who could take some chances, be a little edgy, maybe he was a little young, not quite ready for a morning show, but he was developing there at night, you know? That's where I first met you, when you were doing nights at QDR in Raleigh way back when. You were having a party on the radio. That's why I said I wanted to get out of the fucking tobacco field, and I want to get on the radio and do what that guy does, because he's having way more fun than I am, that's for sure. Yeah, nights is fun, too, because nights is like mornings, because you don't really ever have to work with anybody if you right. don't want to. Yeah, you got the whole station to well, yourself. Well, the difference is, is it's a, you know, the, your audience changes a lot. Yeah. When you work in the morning, you know, people have morning routines, so and that that's the one part of the day where people have a routine. And so... That's why you can you can build up a certain audience and it becomes habit to listen to a show. Right. By by after by the afternoon, things are splintered. You don't know where people are mentally because they could have had a good day at work, bad day at work, stuff they gotta do. They're in and out, they're more awake. And then nights, let's face it, who listens to commercial radio anymore at night? So you've got a really small audience, truly. I mean, yeah, I mean, people in the car or whatever, that's about it. The days, I think, are long gone where people go and, like when I was far younger, and you're partying and you throw on the rock station because there's uh, there are too many breaks. It's uh, There are too many other things you can use to throw up music, but, but, but still, if people let you go, it's like, this is not going to screw up everything if you just let me go and be creative. Right. And here's the big difference between you and I and Drew and we were first starting out as night jocks. We didn't have social media and CJ is brilliant at social media. And the great thing that, you know, I will say about Facebook Live and voice tracking and all this shit, I, you know, I told CJ, I said the best thing he can do is continue to do Facebook Live even if he's in the studio at 7.45 or 8.30 or 8.45, because that proves right there you're in the studio doing a live show in the nighttime in Austin, Texas in 2018. And I guarantee you there's probably not another radio station in town that's doing that except you. And you've got the proof right there on your on your social media page. Yeah, and that's cool. That's cool. That it's is just, cool. 
it's just a way for my I'm still I'm still such an old school guy that I still don't like the fusion of social media and radio just because it's a visual and in so many ways yeah or can be and people use it certainly as a visual and I always liked it where there was no visual so that uh, people didn't know if you were 20 35 how old you were, what you look like. You could just create an image. And I still think that there, it's just like these kids that go back to, and I'm sorry if I just insulted some of you by saying kids, but it's it's just like this throwback to vinyl, throwback to a lot of things. You know, if stuff is good, if it's truly good, it endures. And I think the good part of the radio medium um, has been minimized by, uh, first of all, it's, it's, it's the, the, the suits killed it. We all know it. Yeah. Limited playlist. You don't break songs. Songs are broken on the internet. You know, I mean, all this stuff, it's the same old trash, old music. It's only for the lazy because you can, uh, you know, use Spotify or, Apple or whatever, you know, iTunes, whatever, and and have all your own stuff, have all your own music. Uh, and so it's like, why would you want to sit through 20 minutes of commercials an hour to listen to the same old crap? But what they did is they said, okay, wait a minute. Now the social media thing, that's where we need to connect. And it's like, how about this? How about you allowing me the freedom on the air and having a, you know, not such a restricted playlist, and then I augment it with social media. But I, I think at the same time, people, I think a lot of people, radio would become relevant again if you do use the imagination, if yeah. you do have the faceless, if you do have the non-visual. You just have to be good, right? right. I was at a convention in uh, L.A. a couple of weeks ago, and this guy, this buddy of mine, Scott Shannon, he's this morning guy in New York City, and he's he's doing a you know, they called it a fireside chat. And he said exactly that. He said, when the afternoon guy gets fired for his bad ratings, do you think they save his show when he goes, but have you seen my Twitter numbers? Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to love it when you get fired for, for ratings and you say, did you look at my playlist that I have no control over? Right. Um, yeah. Which yeah. even even with Scott Shannon, I'm still... I've never been a big Scott Shannon guy. I can't believe that he still has a gig. But it, but that's what happens when you ascend to a certain level. There's somebody that will get you in because you have a brand, you have a name, there you are. You got to know how to play the game. Hey, listen, there's, there's morning people in Austin that aren't that great, but they've married the market and they've been here for such a long time that entire families have grown up on their benchmarks. And right. It's the same thing with Scott. He's been in New York City for a long time. Well, I hate to, uh, to kiss my own ass, but I had that happen here. You know, when you're on the radio in one market for over 30 years, you, you go through a couple of generations. And that's what I had here. But uh, once again, I'm not Scotty Shannon. And that's the reason why I'm buying stuff with a couple of yellow tags on it. If you are listening anywhere else in the United States and want to reach out to Lyle, you can call him toll free, Canada and Mexico included. 855-576-2530. There it is. 855-576-2530. You can and call got, and speak I, to I Lyle. a ton of Mexican Viagra, so I'm ready to go, dude. <laughs>
I am ready to go. So I'm going to bring the part of the episode where you guys call me a pussy and a woman and everything. And I'm going to redeem myself this week because I know both of you think that I was glued to the TV to watch the royal wedding this week. But I'm going to tell you, right? I did not watch it for one second. I didn't watch. I I think I did watch. You got it recorded. Uh, All right. You got me there. Do have it recorded. (laughs) But I haven't watched it yet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. This is so you, dude. Right. But I <laughs> it was too early for him. That's the only reason. <laughs> I didn't have my hat or my green dress, you know. Man, I woke up and I woke up early that morning. Did you? And turned on the television. And, you know, it was like, oh, okay, the wedding's on it, you know, and I was doing the time change in my head. And and then I get on Facebook to check my my Facebook and uh People have been up since four in the morning, right? Oh, they were doing all night parties. Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. That's insane. But think about this. Think about this. Now, he probably didn't have a little stag party the night before the royal wedding. But if he did, can you imagine? Obviously, he's going to get any stripper he wants because of his status. But think about this when you pull that money out of your pocket and it's got your grandma's face on it. You start sticking it in that stripper's drawers. It's got to feel a little weird, right? Don't you think that's a little weird? I think that they had, uh, they, they did do that. But I think he did what his brother did and they just have like a party where they all sit around and drink. I didn't know strippers wore drawers. I mean, what the f- They do in that England, man. You're going to see, Lloyd. They do in London, man. You know, they've got those. Uh, uh, those old school, yeah. Those Nickers, old school drawers, yeah, knickers, knickers, they're, right? They're wearing, Thank right, you. They're wearing. Um, I just call them drawers, man. Right. Pam. I mean, the drawers. I, you know, I hate all that stuff and all the royal crap, and I wish it just go away. And the protocol. This was such an interesting thing, though. Um, not just because you you now have an American. Uh, I hate to say an American because it really it's a. Uh, an American from the United States, we should be do it the right way. And we never do it that way, but um, just to be politically correct. But uh, I think it's great. uh, The biracial nature and the fact that her family's kind of, she's got different people that are a bit screwed in her extended family. Her father's of course, wasn't at the wedding, but I like this biracial thing because, you know, you start thinking about for England, all the, colonies they had once upon a time and all the things that they did with with uh blacks and whatnot and so i think that's very cool just like i thought when i was i was very joyous when barack obama was elected president here Mm because i thought how far have we come right Right, yeah the difference is which i've never really understood this and maybe you guys can help me because i don't really get it is that Barack Obama was referred to as our first black president. Mm -hmm. And now the Duchess of Sussex is referred to as biracial. Now, her mother is black. Her father is white. Mm -hmm. In Obama's case, you know, you've got a white mother, black father. Mm -hmm. Um, I see these different things, whether it's Halle Berry or whoever. I mean... If your dad's black, are you black? And you're not mulatto? To me, you're mulatto, you're 
you're biracial. Right. I see but where you're going with tend that. To refer, you know, it's kind of like, no, Obama was not. I, I said this back when he got elected. I said, we're halfway there, dude. When you've got somebody who's who's just as, you know, who's really dark skinned and he gets elected, then we've really turned the corner and I'm excited because these are biracial people. There's plenty of biracial people right. that are out there. Yeah, but I, if I you're if you're half, how they identify, but for Barack Obama, you you know your dad wasn't in the picture. Your mother's white. You're you know you're you're spending all those time with your grandparents. They're white. You know you're basically that's that's your side. That's a good point. I haven't really thought about it that way, but yeah, you're absolutely he, right. Personally, yeah, I mean he may he may have been raised by an entire white family, but. There's adopted kids who who still identify with their culture who were raised, you know, by white families. I mean, I know he's half white, but but still he's half black too. Yeah, but and I it, didn't. But what I'm, my my point is with the former Miss Markle there, they're not saying <clears throat> she's black. She's they're saying black. biracial, right? I get you. I, I know it's not what they're you're saying. saying biracial, which I think is tremendous, cool, whatever. What I'm saying is, is that. There doesn't seem to be a consistency here. Yeah. And I also hear what Drew's saying. It depends on, you know, how you identify. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know, once again, because I'm I'm old, feeble, horny, and on no income, not a fixed income, but welcome your phone calls. Um, <laughs> if you're interested. 855-576-2530. If your father is black. Mm. Well, others identify you as black, but if you're, you know, and if your mother is white, then, then that's, you know, that's okay. But if your mother's black and your father's white or some other race, then, then you're just biracial. I, I just trying to figure it out because frankly, if I'm black, that to me, I look at both my parents and sorry, I'm not an African-American kind of guy. I just say black. If my parents are both black, I'm black. If one is of one race and another one, I'm mulatto. I'm right. mixed race. And I don't even know if I can say mulatto anymore. Well, I once did on the radio, and now Canadian mulatto Dan Hill. <laughs> With sometimes when we touch... Um, I think if you've got, I think if you're half anything, any kind of ethnic, you know, thing, uh, if you're half Native American, then y- you typically identify with, you know, that, that, right? I mean, if you're what? half black, which you're going to identify. Your mom's side, your dad's side, which side? I don't think it matters. I just am saying that well, if, then you, you if you're half choose, French, then. you know, you, yeah, you know, it's probably different, but if you're, if, if you're half Chinese, then you're gonna you're going to you know nod to that you know culture. I mean, there's well, how there's do you lot- know? I mean, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you're you don't look Asian and and, to, I mean, and, I, and 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 people do it to different degrees. I mean, you know, there might be somebody who 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 uh, you know has a piece of it in their in their lives, but not much. And there are others who uh, you know who you know go run the whole thing with food and everything. Well, I mean, you know, in years past where things were really set up uh, according to racial boundaries. Um, you know, you had people who would be designated octoroon, quadroon, 
I mean, there are all these different things depending upon what part of you, since, you know, being African was some somewhat vilified, then, then, you know, like the, the less African you were somehow kind of paid off a little bit, but still somebody would trace that in your background. We're far beyond that now. For example, um, my son, you know, uh, my first wife is Hispanic and my son was a national Hispanic scholarship winner. He was a national Hispanic scholarship winner in his senior year of high school. Now, was he Hispanic because his mother was? I'm not. I mean, I wasn't going to turn my nose up at it. I said, dude, whatever you can get. <laughs> exactly. You know, because this was all based off of SAT. Nothing he had applied for because of his SAT scores, stuff started coming this way. So at some point, maybe he checked off the box. I don't know. Smart kid. But I'm right into that same thing when I go like, do I look at you and do I think that you're Hispanic? And once again, I'd always say that's more of an ethnicity and not a race or nationality. No one ever says, like people say I'm Mexican-American, and that's because uh, the Spanish didn't kill all the Indians, and the Indians didn't recognize country borders there all over. When I first moved to San Antonio, I look around, I go, Jesus, these are a bunch of Native Americans. I, it was culture shock to me, but they, they're not Spaniards. They're like native people. They're Indians. Here's what, here's what, here's what I see people and they go, I'm Canadian American, but in Canada, tons of Indians, you know, native people, tons of there's French and English and Asian and Indian and especially you know, Ted Cruz, right? He never says I'm right. Canadian. Name it, but they never, no one ever says, well, I'm Canadian American. Let me reflect back to the 70s. My father married a pure Hang on Cherokee. A second, dude. I just need this to melt on my tongue just for a second. All right. You ready? Now reflect back okay. to the 70s. Think about this. My father married a pure Cherokee. My mother's people were ashamed of me. The Indians said I was white by law. And if I was a woman, the white man would call me Indian squaw. Half breed. Uh, I, I That's love all this. I ever That's heard. All I ever heard. Uh, this is a, like he fresh Prince of Bel Air us with a share song. No, I know. No, as soon as he started, I knew exactly where it was. It's like so. Here's the deal. Way, way back in, way way back in, in in the in the olden days, you know, when our when our grandparents were, you know, you in our forties to sixties. The perspective here. We have to look back. I think at some political laws back in. You know when slavery and and uh, uh, segregation was uh, yeah you know, Jim was Crow prevalent. Yeah. Well, they you know they're called one drop rules, where you were considered black if you had one drop of African American blood in you, and and there were laws that that you know that uh, uh, you had to follow that were uh, you know that thankfully have many have disappeared. But I think that that. Even though those law and they those laws were they existed all the way up into the late sixties, right? Uh, but I think the I think the way of labeling people, um, you know, based upon their heritage, remained uh, after that. 
right? Where you would look at somebody like Vanessa Williams, for instance, right? You know, who's, uh, she was, uh, you know, popular singer and she was a, you know, Miss America, I think at one time post for Playboy got in trouble. You know, she's biracial, she's biracial, but people called her black, right? But she has a, you know, she's from a biracial family. And I think it just, to me, I think the reason that we do it here is because of our history here in the United States. And perhaps the reason, uh, that they, that they refer to, uh, Megan as, uh, biracialist because, because they, they, didn't, they never dealt with the one drop rule over in the UK. Well, they probably did at some point, but maybe it's been gone for a while because that's the whole thing about the UK is because of all the colonies, you've got, so many different nationalities and ethnic groups that uh, make up Great Britain. Just one little thing here, because I'm getting hungry, man, because the uh, the bad cheese is not sustaining me. Um, you guys, because all these things always come up, you know that, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, you've heard about that ruling before because they bring that up a lot. That was before Brown versus Board of Education. Plessy versus Ferguson was uh, it went to the Supreme Court in 1896, and that was the separate but equal thing that reigned until Brown versus Board of Education, and that's what started desegregation and everything else. Separate but equal. Do you know? Do you guys know the background of Plessy versus Ferguson at all? No. Okay. This guy, this Plessy guy. He was a he was a Creole in New Orleans, and he gets on the you know I don't know what it was streetcar train whatever, and they go no you got to be back in the black car, and he says, but I'm not black, and that's what it all started. He said, but I'm not a black guy, and uh, he was mixed race. And, and he, once again, I mean, he was like one eighth of African descent, seven eighths European. And so he brought this whole lawsuit up and it goes to the Supreme court. And that's because he wasn't going to, it wasn't because he would, he didn't want to be called black. He didn't want to ride in the car with the black people. He said, I'm not black. And so this went up to this went to the Supreme Court, and that's where they established a separate but equal. If I was living during those times, I would be wanting to go to the black car because I know they were having way more fun than the fucking stuffy ass white cars up there. But isn't that isn't that wild? I mean, that because a lot of times people look at that, and they don't know what it is, and they go, "It must have been, you know, it's Plessy versus Ferguson. You know what happened here?" Um, and it, that's when they established everything's cool. If it's equal, but it's separate. So that meant, you know, separate water fountains, restrooms, this thing, that thing. And this dude, I mean, he was screaming not because it's like, I'm not black. (laughs) I'm not black. (laughs) And it didn't happen. It was a seven to one decision. And and none of that stuff got got reversed until Brown versus Board of Education, which was brought up in Oklahoma. And people don't know that, you know, it wasn't like a guy where they go, okay, you know, this black guy was really, dude had, he was one eighth black. Wow. That is pretty amazing. Plessy. I think it's the one drop rule. I think it's the, 
I think that's well, why why we talk why we refer to people that way. I think it's why uh, you know people who who are from a, a mixed race uh, uh, family. I think that's why they identify with with that culture. I think the whole thing. I think it's fine. Uh, well, they, I, I don't. I guess you can identify for with with whatever if it maybe propels you a little bit because it certainly will help you getting scholarships. I know that, and then other things because you can choose whatever, but. And more power to you. And that's, I'm so anti-racist. I love, you know, when you just have mutts and you have all these different people. Yeah. I'm just trying to always figure out uh, why you call this person black and you call <laughs> that person biracial or that person could be white. Is it just off of a I think in this case it had to do with, with the fact so, that uh, it was the wedding was in the UK versus the United States. Right. Yeah, but what. I mean. So Obama, it was not our first black president. He was our first mulatto president, maybe. Mm -hmm. There it is. I mean, that's the way I look at it. But that's what I'm saying is that he's the first black president because he's the first half black president. And we've always, because of these, because of our own history, our own embarrassing history, uh, we still refer to people who have one drop of African-American blood in them as black. Well, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but I got you, man. I got you. You, you, I like that. And you have a soothing quality and (laughs) I'll go to bed now. And I appreciate that daddy. And he helped me out a lot. But I will just say as a footnote, Lloyd and I are from the farm. And I don't know if you've swabbed yet, Lloyd. I keep thinking about it because when you're from the farm, man, you don't know where you are that's true and if i do the swab i may find out you know i'm thinking i'm gonna be i think i've really figured out what i'm gonna be if i take that dna swab what a rhesus macaque yeah (laughs) i'm surprised are you pure or is that just your mother i just looked at my baboon's ass (laughs) he was born with a tail Yeah, the problem is, is that that baboon's ass looks like it's on top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, man. Damn. Ouch. That's hard. I will go to your party and I will tear it up. Really? Beaver Kool-Aid. Get it hard. With Lyle, L.A. Lloyd, and Drew. Make it look a man. So go ahead. Stick your head up your ass. (laughs) 